on screen. Hey, it's Screens on Screens on Screens. I'm Jay. I'm Mary. Screens on Screens on Screens. <laughs> Today we're doing documentaries. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start. Hooray. Now, I just want to preface this by saying that I got hooked on twins. Oh, is that a new name for a street drug I don't know about? No, it's a new dance. No, it's like hooked on phonics. (laughs) No, I got hooked on twins. I found a couple of documentaries about twins. I'm finding this uber fascinating, being a twin. I know. But these are not fraternal twins. Oh, they're the the other kind. The other kind, the creepy kind. We're more like sisters. (laughs) We didn't even share a womb. We had a joining, but the identical. Yeah, I know. Mm. You, you, you guys had your own room. Yeah, this was just a. It was a, a sorority because we were fraternal <laughs> twins. boom. Well, the first one that I saw is called Three Identical Strangers." Is it those boys? Yes. Oh, I know. Yeah, I remember. And them. this one yeah. is on Hulu. Ooh. And let's let's paint the picture here. It's 1980. Picture this. Love stinks. Love stinks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's 1980. This guy named Robert, he's going to community college for the first time. Wow. He's excited. He's probably a little nervous, right? Uh He doesn't know anybody. So as he's walking on campus, people start saying hi to him like they know him. Get out. And they say, hey, Eddie. What's up, Eddie? We're so glad to see you, Eddie. We thought you weren't coming back, Eddie. His name's Robert. Some girl kisses him. Hey, Eddie. I love this. He's dumbfounded. He doesn't know what's going on. No. He goes into his dorm room, and some guy comes to the room because the guy has seen him across campus. The guy comes, looks at him, and says, are you adopted? And Robert's like, yeah. Wow. He's like, oh, my God. And they go into a phone booth, and they call up this guy named Eddie. Uh-oh. The guy who everyone thinks Robert is, right? Yes. Wow. It turns out that Eddie is his twin brother. Oh, my God. His twin brother. Yeah. So they were both only within 100 miles of each other so, this so whole time. Where were they? What region did they live in? Uh, I believe it's Long Island. Oh. Yeah. Well, a lot of things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weird things happen on the island. So anyway... <laughs> They become local news. Yeah. They're in the newspaper. It's re- like, look at these guys. You know, they're, they, 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 were, they were separated at birth, and now they found each other. What are the odds, right? I, I remember this news story. Right. Yeah. They come, become a little bit of a sensation, a yeah. little minor sensation causing yeah. a minor stir, right? <laughs> we love a minor stir. <laughs> sure. But then some other guy looks at the paper, and he goes, these two guys look just like me, yeah. and I'm adopted. Oh, my God. Triplets. Dun, dun, dun. Triplets in 1980. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. Didn't they have curly hair? Yes, they had curly hair. Yeah, yeah, these guys. I remember that. And, you know, it's they're triplets. It's 1980. They become the talk of the town. They become the talk of New York. They were famous. Yeah, they ended up on the Phil Donahue show. Um, They were in the street, the three of them, one time dressed identically because as soon as they knew who each other, they dressed identically. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, I don't know why. But anyway, I, I, I just don't understand why, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they really felt like they knew each other. You know, it didn't matter that they were apart for so long. You know, they had the same mannerisms, everything. There's a psychic thing. With There's a psychic thing, right? Woo! Identical Will you come play with us forever and <laughs> ever and ever? So anyway, 
they're standing on the street one day in Manhattan dressed alike. Sure. Madonna is doing her movie. Uh, Truth or Dare? No, 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 no. The uh, Seeking oh. Susan. The Desperately, Desperately Seeking, Seeking Susan. Susan. Oh. Screens on screens on screens. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So Desperately Seeking Susan, she sees them and she's oh like, God. guys, you got to be in my movie. Oh, my God. So she has them in the movie for like a minute. Basically, okay. she's walking past them into a building. Yeah. And the three of them are standing there the exact same way. And they just turn and look at her because she's so beautiful well, yeah. as she walks into the building. Well, and, she's Susan. Yeah. And, you know, Rosanna yeah. Arquette needed to find her. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, screens on screens on screens, screens on screens on screens. You got yours in. So, um, you know, they're a sensation now. They decide to open up a restaurant called Triplets. Oh, they're brilliant. <laughs> you got to market this, market this, get that money. Things are going great, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Now, they're kind of upset in a way that they lost so many years. And they're, they're why, like, why did these, why did yeah. this organization decide to separate us? Well, the organization said, we couldn't really place all three of you in one home. That's kind of a hardship for most people. It's like 1961, 62, they were born. Right, exactly. So it was exactly. a little harder. I mean, the world was in black and white. That's true. Come to find out, this is the thing that shocked the hell out of me when I was watching this thing. Yeah. They separated these kids out on purpose. Oh. They were doing a scientific experiment. I didn't know that. Yeah. So what they did was they put each of them in three different socioeconomic households. Oh, this is some mangalation. Yeah. One gets put in like sort of like a, you know, they're immigrants. English is their second language. They have a store. One goes into a solidly middle class household where they're educated, you know, teach or whatever. And then the third one gets put into a high-end home where the father's a doctor, the mother's a lawyer. Oh, well. Right. Let's see how they turn out. Absolutely. That was the experiment. Is it nature or nurture? So was someone watching them? Yes. Oh, this is When they were younger, people would come over and they remembered when they were kids. They're like, yeah, I remember someone coming over, taking footage of us looking at us, observing us, but they did not really tell the parents what was going on. No. And here's the the kicker. The kicker was that each household had another adopted kid in the household, and each one of them had an adopted older sister. Well, the sampling had to be... Absolutely. uh, Had to have the correct... uh, Yes. Yes. Like the Petri dishes all had to match. Yes. Oh, that Madonna didn't know this. She wouldn't no. have taken them and put them in the And this is really a horrible thing. This is um, something that shocked me, that, that they would do that to human beings, you know? It's Nazi Germany stuff. Nazi Germany stuff. Yeah. What was going it on absolutely in the 60s? Does. There was just crazy stuff going on. That shocked me. It really did. And they did this to other twins. It wasn't just these triplets. They did them to some other twins. My God. It's just, it's macabre. To me, it's it's crazy. It's so immoral. It really is. And And it shocked the hell out of me when I found out. Because, you know, I'm watching this, you know, I'm watching this uh, walking on sunshine. It's the (laughs) 1980s. Oh, my God. They found each other. Everybody's out walking on sunshine. Then all of a sudden, when they do the thing with the sign, I'm I'm like, what? This is mind blowing. Mind blowing. I got to watch it. Yes. It's on Hulu. Yeah. And I did not, I didn't know the dark underbelly. Sometimes I'd see a headline and think, oh, something sad's going on with those three boys. But yeah, they were kind of a circus act anyway. Yeah. That's why it got everybody's attention. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. So that's mine. That was a great one. (laughs) It was great. It was quite dark. Just keeping it dark. All right. My series was called Dark Tourist. No. Ah! 
<laughs> and it's not just a series about people going to Disney World. Okay. It's, this this is a guy. I, I, I saw it go by and I said, I need to watch that right now. So this fellow's name is David Ferrer. Ferrer? I want you to look at the paper and tell me if I'm pronouncing it right. Because you, you're better <laughs> with the reading and the and the sounding. David Farrier? Okay. That F-A-R-R-I-E-R. David Farrier. That's and... definitely how he said it on the oh, show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> David Farrier, and he is from New Zealand, and he's a journalist, but I think he's also maybe a little bit of a comedian. Oh, okay. So he's decided— We like him already. No, we don't. He's uh, doing something terrible, isn't he? He's going know. to all the creepy, weird places you want to go to if you could be a tourist and not go to the Eiffel Tower or the um If the, the Eiffel Tower is a little bit too slow for you. Yeah. I mean, he goes to the darkest places. He goes to check out the bus tour for the Manson family. Ew. He goes to the stands. He does one episode, and it's all stands. It's Kazakhstan and all the other stands. Oh, my God. And I'm like, where's He Laura? actually goes there? He goes there. Those he goes are dangerous places. Oh, he went to places where where nuclear bombs were detonated to see how things were going. And he's on a, <laughs> he's on a bus with all these other people. Just and, checking out the area. Yeah, let's go see. <laughs> with you my know? Geiger counter. Yeah, because before— um, <laughs> Be, we're going to the places where they tested the bombs. We're not going to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, okay, well. We're going to places where they tested them. Okay. And these are places, and I loved it because it was like, you would think it would be like the no-go zone. And the signs around these places were not, you know, do not go, do not go, you know, do uh-huh. not enter. It was uh, difficult to return. I think that's what it said. Difficult to return. Difficult place to return. <laughs> they didn't want to make it too uncomfortable. But You're going to die. Yeah, but the men in the hazmat suit screaming at you to get the heck out immediately or get back on the bus. So what you've got is a bus full of really sicko, kind of awesome I tourists. Say, on I the would bus, say they're sick, yeah. Paid money to go to Asia to go to places where they tested nuclear bombs, sit on a bus with their Geiger counter and go, so what did he say was safe? 0.03? So it's 1.79. Should we move the bus? I I, kind of feel like these people are tired of living. They've all got cancer. All of them. (laughs) I'm sure if you go back. Well, after that trip. It was 2018. Let's go back and check. Who's got some funny moles? That would be that would be a good episode. Let's go back and check on them. I I definitely want to. He went to visit the the folks that stand on the corners in Houston and say, "Well, JFK didn't really get shot by Lee Harvey Oswald." Let me tell you the real story. Conspiracy theorists. All of them standing on corners, driving you around in a limo, standing on corners. Yeah, and they got like uh, they're doing it in real time, not on the internet. And some of them in a tram and they drive you around and point at stuff and some of them take you in a in a, in, in a convertible and drive you through the route and there's an X on the street where he got shot and there's an X on the window in in, in the book depository and he said ah, here's what really happened oh my gosh how about a rickshaw did they have a rickshaw I don't think they did there but I'm sure he went to a place with a rickshaw but he went to so many dark places all over the world and of course my, I, I really I couldn't believe that he went to the Manson family murders. But my favorite was when he went to the site that actually has a life-size correctly built Noah's Ark okay. right now in Virginia. And it's legit and it's there and you can go and see it. How, how is that dark? Okay. I'm sorry. It's in Kentucky. Um, because it's Noah's Ark and they really think it's it's happening. They think they need it again. Oh, they're, so they're building it. No, they built it. It's fully completed. There so is it's not site. just it's not just something that commemorates what happened. They think it's going to happen again, and that's why they well, built it. You know what? I, I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. 
they built it as as an educational tool to show people what it would really look like. Okay. But these people really legit believe it happened and that oh, right, right, God's right. coming back and this time it won't be a flood, it'll be oh, fire. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. I guess they're buying their like, you know, yeah. on, on you But know. that but that's considered dark to the to that guy because they believe it. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, and he just won it's 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 not only dark tourism, it's quirky tourism. Quirky, yeah. And and I enjoy it. That is quirky. It. it is, but I like the part that shows him going through with an obvious very religious lady who looks yeah. like just a bookkeeper walking him around pointing at stuff <laughs> and they go by one of the cages with the animals in it yeah. and they go by there the are cages yeah yeah with stuffed animals in it oh stuffed um yeah they're not yeah. real oh. And they got dinosaurs. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, mm. and we're letting this happen? And people are paying money to go on this thing. And he says, They well, wouldn't have any room for dinosaurs. Well, you know, they didn't have a word for dinosaur back then. They were probably dragons because the word for dinosaur was invented in the 1800s. I'm like, just but go still, But still, they would be like so huge. Yeah, and, they had, and these were like the little ones. They were like baby velociraptors. I mean, the... <laughs> <laughs> the real dinosaurs, like, if there were a flood, they'd be just be waiting around oh, yeah. knee-deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, tick-tock, we should go, it's raining, we should go. He went, he went to uh, New Orleans and hung out with some voodoo folk. Okay. He, went, he went to Africa. He, he was in places where um, people really, truly believe. Uh, satanic stuff. He went looking for vampires in L.A. and he found some. But in this one guy, like he made a pinprick on a guy's back and he sucked the blood and said, "Well, I need it. It makes my hair thicker." And I'm like, "This is a lot of bull. It's so stupid." So he went looking for uh, stuff, and, and if you try, you'll find it. And he found it all. And he did about three things, three uh-huh. different places on each, each episode. Uh-huh. And I couldn't stop watching it. That's actually a good shtick. And I actually will watch that show. Yeah, <laughs> I will watch. I learned it. a lot because I didn't know what it's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, I'll watch oh, it. Oh, uh, forgive me. I'll, I'll no, that's okay. It is on. Yes, it is on yeah, Netflix. It's Netflix. It was from 2018, and it has eight episodes. Their episodes are approximately 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's it's very high quality production value, mm-hmm. and everywhere he goes because he's from New Zealand, he's like, well, why can't I go over there? Like, there's a there's a place I think it was in Cyprus that has uh, beautiful buildings, and uh, it was a beautiful resort. But there's like a forbidden zone, so he goes right up to the fence. And he's like, well, can't we just ride our bikes in? And the guys are like, where are you going? And he just keeps trying to swim over. I just want I want the guy to be detained. He for like twenty years. He almost got arrested a couple <laughs> times. He almost got shot. A couple I would like times. him to be detained because that's just, um, that's a lot of hubris. He kept saying, we don't take no for an answer. And he kept saying on the on the camera, are you sure? Can't I? But he also kept saying things like, this is making me very uncomfortable and anxious. And I thought, were you the best one? Were you the one that's, let's send that guy. It's It'll like it's like Icarus flying too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he goes, oh, and then there's one of the things he does in America, of course, which is always fun. And he goes to one of those reenactment things. I'm sorry, forgive me. It wasn't in America. I believe it was in Europe. It's a reenactment of a battle in World War II. And oh. it's, it gets a little uh, squeaky, squeaky when those German guys over there put their helmets back on and they've all right. got like swastikas and stuff. Yeah, I don't like all, that. They're all drinking and hanging out and he's like, are we comfortable with that? Well, we can't pretend it didn't happen. He's like, but we don't need to actually we don't, have We don't part. actually need a reenactment of that, do we? No. I and mean, if I hard. were there, I would just be so tired from punching people. Yeah. So he did that. Like, he was like an American troop in the 40s in World War II fighting. Yeah, I I don't like that. Tanks and stuff. So people pay money to go do these things. Well, I remember I was in Georgia, and there was a reenactment of the Civil War. And it was for the entire weekend. And every other day, they switched out who would win the battle. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, isn't that just fantasy fest? <laughs> it's so fantasy. It's so fantasy. But if you're if you're looking for something goofy and fun, I do suggest. I think this. it's going to be fun. I'm going to watch it. You'll enjoy it. I'm going to watch it. That that sounds good. I yeah. learned a lot. Of course, I didn't retain any of the details to share with everybody. But I suggest no, you, go you watch. gave you gave like all the really good stuff. Actually, I mean, it's very enticing. I hope I whet your appetite. For, yeah, because um, it's 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 a rubbernecker. You want to? Yeah. Wait a minute. What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. It's a good shtick, you know, for him. Yeah. yeah right? It was fun. I enjoyed it. We'll be right back. Do you have a question for Mary and Jay? Would you like to hear a podcast episode on your favorite show or movie or any related topic? Email screens on screens on screens at gmail.com for full satisfaction. That's screens on screens on screens at gmail.com for full satisfaction. I'm Canadian. Screens on screens on screens. Okay, so here's my second twin one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> creepy, creepy. Okay, so <laughs> this time we've got two twin men, Alex and Marcus. Uh-huh. And they live in England, in the English countryside. And they live with their parents who look like they're rich. I mean, the house they live in is gated. It's huge. Oh. It's one of those old-fashioned houses with ivy on it, you know, Beautiful. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. you can imagine the sure. English countryside. Lovely. There's a big outbuilding on the premises. You know, there's just a lot of things there. So unfortunately, Alex, who's 18 at the time, gets into a motorcycle accident. He was riding his motorcycle and he had his helmet on, but the crash was so spectacular and violent that the helmet flew off and he ended up hitting his head on the road. Oh, no. Yeah. So he had to go to the hospital and he had a brief coma. When he woke up... He saw his brother, Marcus, sitting next to him, and he's like, hi, Marcus. There's this other woman in the room who's acting all hysterical, like, you're awake, you're awake, oh, my God, you know? Uh-oh. Yeah. He looks at her, and then he looks at Marcus. He's like, who's she? And Marcus is like, your mother? Oh. So Alex had total amnesia, and the thing that gets to me is that he knew Marcus immediately, but nothing else, nothing else. Doesn't know anything about his life. Doesn't know what a bicycle is. He knows nothing. But he knows English. He can speak. He knows English, yes. And he knows his twin brother. And he knows his twin brother, and that's it. That is some selective stuff. That's what I think, too. I kind of thought that myself. So, Mark, you know, they go home. They need to look at his brain, like, real deep. Yeah. They need to take pictures. Go ahead. (laughs) So they go home. Marcus is his everything now because Marcus is the only one that he really knows and feels safe around. Yeah. And Marcus is teaching him things. Marcus is teaching him the bare minimum now. He's teaching him this is a bicycle. This is this. This is that. And Marcus said that he grew up very fast because when he came home, he was almost like a nine-year-old. Yeah. But with all the, you know, tutoring and stuff like that, it it didn't take long for him to to go back up to his real age was like 18, 19. Right. But he still doesn't have memories at all. So he's getting all this information, you know, he says to Marcus, what kind of family are we? Like, did we go on holiday when we were kids and stuff like that? Marcus like, yeah, we went on holiday. Marcus showed him a picture of them on the beach and everything. Yeah. Really great. Um, You know, how are our parents? Oh, our parents are great. You know, the father, you know, the father is a little brusque. You know, he's, he kind of yells and he's not warm at all. Sure. Like some fathers tend to be. The mother's kind of eccentric. She loves chihuahuas. She has a whole bunch of them in the house. 
there's knickknacks everywhere in the house, you know, so yeah. eccentric, weird people, right? Quirky. Quirky. Yeah. So everything, everything's fine, you know, filling him in. His father at some point dies, right? Okay. Yeah. And the father calls them in to his deathbed and he says to them, will you forgive me? you know, for my ways and everything else, you know? And so Alex is like, yes, yes. Marcus looks at him cold-bloodedly and goes, no, and walks out. Oh. And Alex is like very bothered. He's like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you, you know? Yeah. More weird stuff. They're not allowed to have a key to the house. They're adults. Right. But they're not allowed to have a key to the house. Uh Never have been. Okay. And they have to sleep out in the outbuilding, in the shed. No. There's no. a room there. Well, the chihuahuas sleep, and, right? the, and the knickknacks, the tic-tacks. Yeah. Also, the there are some rooms in the house that they can't go into. Well, something's going on Something's here. going on, right? Yeah. So, fast forward. 32 years old, these guys are, right? They got the triplets in the other room. <laughs> no. <laughs> Walking on sunshine. No, not really, not really, no, no. Couldn't um, Yeah. So the mother, they find the mother at the bottom of the stairs. She had a fall. Oh, come on. They take her to the hospital. She's dying. Yeah. Alex is beside himself. He's sure. crying his eyes out, you he know. He's back. He's been very close to her all these years, especially after the father died. Like, they had a really close bond and everything, you know. Yeah. She dies. And Marcus... No reaction at all. Come on, Marcus. No reaction. We need more information. Alex is really upset. Alex is like, why, what is going on, right? Hmm. So they have to clean the house out. This is the first time they're they're able to go into anywhere, any nooks and crannies or whatever, right? Oh, this is, I hope they had a camera crew when they did it. <laughs> well, no. the way this documentary was done, it was very cinematic. They just showed rooms, oh. rooms, and then they showed them talking and oh, rooms and okay. stuff. It, it's very, it's, it's actually a work of art. Ooh. So anyway, they're cleaning out places, right? They go into one of the bathrooms, and there's a big armoire in there. In a bathroom? Yeah. That's weird. It's a big bathroom, a big armoire. Yeah. They have to find the key to this armoire. You know, there's a there's a drawer next to it. They're a going in. They find, <laughs> <laughs> they find a key. Okay. Open it up. Uh-huh. Sex toys. <gasps> sex toys. Oh. Sex toys. Oh, no. Wait. Alex uh, is like, what's going on? And Marcus goes, never mind. Don't don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Oh, he's not explaining to him. He's not explaining anything. And then Alex, you know, he's looking through some drawers and he sees a picture of him and his brother. Maybe they were nine or ten naked with their heads cut off. Yeah. Like somebody took the picture and cut the heads off of the picture. Oh, my God. Right. Alex starting to put two and two together. Yeah. Right? Not a normal household. Marcus is downstairs in the kitchen making himself some tea. Alex comes and Alex says to him, were we sexually abused when we were kids? And Marcus is just, he's been dreading this all of his life. Yeah. Or for years, I should say. Because he knew. He thought he could get away with it. He thought he could give his brother a life. Yeah. Because he didn't have one. All his life consisted of was shame. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, he's standing there. He's stunned. He drops the tea glass on the floor Uh and he just nods and he walks out of the house. So from then on, Alex needs to know what happened to him. What happened? What happened? Marcus can't tell him. Marcus won't tell him. No, he doesn't want to do that to him. He has a clean slate. Why give that back to him? And he also... And also, when Marcus was painting this idyllic family picture 
for him. It actually helped him. It almost made him able to be in denial about what happened. You won't believe this, but it took over 20 years for Marcus to tell him what happened. From the mother dying 20 years after that? Yes. How old are these guys at this point? 54. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So he couldn't give him the whole true story until he was 54. He didn't tell him anything. And Alex just kept trying to search himself, trying to figure out, trying to piece together things, trying to remember. He couldn't remember anything. And you're not going to find evidence because one of the things that abusers do is they hide their tracks really well. That's why it's so hard to get them revealed and everything. Right. And so all those years, they went on with their lives. They married. They had a couple of kids. Oh, that's good. But Alex... Alex is still, he needs this. He needs this for closure and to know who he is because after he found out the truth, he went through so much emotionally. He was angry with his brother and he also felt like I have no grasp on myself or who I am because I can't remember anything. Living a lie. He's living a lie, 100%. So finally, when Mm. we see this documentary, they're going to speak. They're going to talk. Okay. And they're sitting in a room together. Yeah. And Marcus is having such a hard time. Like, he's teary-eyed. He does not want to do this because he doesn't... He said, if I give this to you, I'm giving it to myself. Yeah. You know? It has a life again. Absolutely. So, finally, I mean, it took so long, and I kept thinking, is he going to do it? Like, are they going to leave us not knowing what happened? Are yeah. they going to do that, you yeah. know? Could have. So, finally, he says, I'm giving you what you want, but I cannot do it face-to-face. So, he basically does it on camera elsewhere. Oh. And gives Alex the laptop just so he can see. Wow. It was just unbloody believable. Well, you wouldn't believe it if you read it. You wouldn't believe it if you read oh, it. I saw a movie about you it. You know? It's unreal. And I, I, I thought about Marcus and I said, you know, I understand how Alex felt, you know, not really knowing the truth about his life and how that must feel crazy making, you know? Yeah. But also, I thought it was so nice of Marcus to try to spare him. You think about it. It's like, wow, he's got another chance. Yeah. And and people who care about people, oftentimes Mm -hmm. in life when something hard has happened, they will not tell that person to protect them. This is the ultimate version of that. Right. Why would I make you remember something you have been... I might have done the same thing, to be honest. You know, I might have been like, I'm not telling... Her, why, why, him. Yeah, well, let's talk. Yeah, we went to that school. but I'm no, glad to see you happy and not having this thing on your mind or in yeah. your heart, you know? Yeah. The only problem is when it comes out, then there's a lot of complications because, you know, there was that anger there and everything. But, um, yeah. Well, I wonder how much of his amnesia was. Yes, that's was, what I'm thinking, yeah, too, because like I'm like, why do you know Marcus, but you don't know anybody else and you don't know your own life? It's like his brain said, hey, here's our opportunity. That's right. Let's erase that part too. Yeah. And and you know that your body heals itself. Yeah. So why wouldn't the brain right. be able to make— Let's hit the reset button. That's fascinating. It's fascinating. Leave that one piece so he can have somebody. Absolutely. But if And if they figure out how he did that— They didn't even go into that. I was like, they didn't even raise that. Because I'm thinking, stuff how need. does he know his brother— but nothing else. It makes no sense. No, but if we knew how that happened, that would be something that could cure a lot of mental illness in this country right now and in this world. Right. Because if we could give somebody a pill to help them forget the trauma. Yeah. Like, and let your body forget it. That's right. Wow. Well, that was my pick. I'm sorry you guys are being so dark, but. We're good. We're good. We're in a hole. We're going to climb out of it. <laughs> so that's why for my second choice, um, keep it Something a lot better. It's a little light. 
Okay, we need lightness, especially yeah. at the end of this now. This Cleanse people's pa- palates. This is a sad part of it because it's the last of something. Right. But it's still here, ladies and gentlemen, and it's the last blockbuster. The last blockbuster. And you picked that one so you could say blockbuster. It's hard to say. Blockbuster. <laughs> Let me say it again. I did. That's why I picked it. No, I picked it because I found the uh, blue and yellow and my support for the Ukraine. No, it's, gonna be- <laughs> it's the same palette. Why is that? I didn't realize. I don't know, but I hope it doesn't uh, portend. Any. It has nothing to do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember going to the Blockbuster and renting a video? Yes, I remember. Do you remember doing that, Jay? <laughs> this video store's industry grew so much. Blockbuster grew and grew and grew and grew to 9,000 stores nationwide. At one point, a new Blockbuster opened every 17 hours. There were so Whoa, many Blockbusters It's like a point. Starbucks. It blew up. <laughs> it, did, it was. And they were everywhere. And it was a lot of people's first jobs working at a blockbuster and it was just a fun thing so this documentary talks about the very last store in the world that's still called blockbuster because through a um through a in the uh, whole world or in the united states in the whole world Uh, where is it there it's in bend oregon at one tracks (laughs) <laughs> there, yeah, because and I gotta tell you, this documentary is filled with comedians talking about it, and it's also got people like Kevin Smith, and, oh right, and, and Doug yeah. Benson, and um, mm-hmm. one of the kids from one of those shows. I don't know if it was Dawson's Creek or One Tree Hill. It's one of those kids <laughs> from one of those shows, and uh, and it's not Vanderbeek. It's not him. Okay. It's the other one. And it's uh, the, the, the shortest kid on Freaks and Geeks. I forget his name, too, but he's in it. And he's, he the figures, one with curly hair. Yeah, he figures yeah. in it prominently. Because they're all grown up now, but they love those stores back then. And they go to them, and they worked in them. Oh. And, uh, and a few comedians are on it, too. So there was a cavalcade of craziness where Blockbuster was this giant behemoth. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, let's just sell it. Let's get rid of it. So they sold it to Dish Network. What was fun is that they were franchises. So mm-hmm. this, this one particular a group of uh, video stores, this family in Oregon, they had three stores. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, I don't know if it was called Family Video, but they had these stores and they were growing and growing and they were wonderful. And one day Blockbuster came in and said, hey, could we put up some stuff and we'll give you some money? So this guy bought three franchises. Mm. And they were all over the country. And, and, mm-hmm. and eventually this little thing, this little engine that could, this little thing came around and it was called Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it was an envelope and you could yeah. get your movie They still the have mail. the envelopes. They do still have I, yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually have a DVD in an envelope from Netflix that I've had for five, six, or seven years. That's fantastic. But yeah, they they still have that tier for people. That. Yeah, it's smart. Well, they still have red boxes in front of yeah, drugstores. Right. I don't think it's going away. You know how the record stores came back. It might come oh, back. Oh yeah, that's right. It might come back. So a lot of different people bought it, and they were a little high on themselves, thinking we can. Borrow money on future earnings. That always goes well, right? In the early aughts. What a great idea. (laughs) So Dish Network buys it and they're just buying up all the debt and all the debt and all the debt. And then Netflix starts and they're like, we got something going here. Let's go see if uh, Dish slash Blockbuster wants to buy us. And they go over there and uh, I think at this point, forgive me, it might be owned by Universal. But they go over there and they say, hey – you you want to buy you want to buy uh want to buy Netflix? They're like, no, we're good. <laughs> we got it. I don't think that streaming thing's gonna really take off. So they choose not to do that. Wow, that yeah. is so short sighted. So that was not the reason for 
their downfall. The reason for their downfall was their incredible debt okay. and the fact that they were stretched too thin and had a bazillion stores. Right. And now they had a competitor. And then, oops, this, the stock market crash and the, mm. the recession of 2007, yeah. 8, 9. That's why they went away. Wow. Everybody thinks it was Netflix, but it was really because they were really bad money managers. Yeah. So all the stores They were eventually going to go away, though. They were. It wasn't yeah. a forever thing. No. Mm-hmm. So, so now here we are. Uh, the stores are dwindling. They're all getting closed. Mm-hmm. People are selling off their assets. It's disappearing. And now we're down to three stores in Alaska and one store in Oregon. Mm. And we're disappearing quickly. Mm-hmm. So something happens. And it's kind of amazing and fun. I don't know if you remember this, if you used to watch John Oliver every night. Yeah, John yeah. Oliver on um, when he when he was on uh, The Daily Show or when he this had his own His thing. own show on uh, HBO Max, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that comes on Sunday nights. It's oh, called Sunday. Last Week Tonight. Last Week Tonight. Yeah. Screens on screens on screens. Screens on screens on screens. So a couple of years ago, <clears throat> Russell Crowe had some marital trouble and he ended up he having— He did. He did. And he, I'm surprised— so he needed money. So he did he did a huge auction of all his movie memorabilia during his divorce and he had a show and everything it was called The Art of Divorce and he sold all his stuff. So You're kidding me. No, this happened. I did not even that totally passed me by. This happened. So he's got the jock strap from Gladiator and the robe he wore in the boxing movie. Are you not entertained <laughs> with this jock strap? <laughs> And a bunch of other Russell Crowe memorabilia. And then John just Oliver. Russell Crowe memorabilia yes. is funny in itself. It really it's is. Just- so John Oliver decides he wants to save one of the last blockbusters in Alaska. So he buys a bunch John of stuff. John Oliver wants to save the blockbuster. He does. He buys a bunch of stuff. In Alaska. Yeah. And he buys any ships. In a lucite case display with a letter of authenticity <laughs> with the jock strap and the robe and all the stuff. And he sends it to the Alaskan oh blockbuster. God, so people strap. will go there and they'll stay open. <laughs> would you prefer to say cod piece? Because it's all bad. Why would why would that keep the store open? Like why would people, people would be go. interested in They'd Russell Crowe's? They go nethers. and look at it and they wouldn't rent a movie, but maybe they'd buy some red vines. I don't know. So <laughs> The three Alaska stores closed. Everybody's because, looking around. Because of the jocks truck. Yeah, because nobody <laughs> wants to rent a movie anymore. They have the streaming services. Uh, so those stores close. And then what happens? The little engine that could. The one last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> the woman who runs the franchise. It's owned by the guy who bought those three stores originally who then got bought out by the franchise. The owner is still the same guy. But this lovely woman and her family have been running the store as the store manager for all these years. Her name is Sandy Harding, and she is a delight, and she agreed to do the documentary because she thought she'd be in just one or two shots. She's the whole movie, mm-hmm. and this documentary is delicious and delightful, and it's from 2020, I believe. So she still runs the, sh- the store with her family, mm-hmm. and they all come in, and she calls the, they call her Blockbuster Mama and <laughs> her Blockbuster Babies, like all her kids who worked for her who had babies. They come, and they have parties every year and they close the store. She goes to Sam's Club and Costco in the morning and buys the popcorn and the candy and all the stuff. She cleans the bathroom. She opens the store. It's still there. Dish Network lets her keep her license. During the documentary, it was time for a renewal, for the four-year renewal. And it was like, oh, are they going to renew or is she going to lose the store? It was, it's very exciting. So you have to watch to find out what happens. But this woman is an in 
inspiration. She does like prevent suicide events. She does fundraisers for the community. People come from all over the world to go take pictures at the last existing blockbuster. You can go that there. would be a good tourist attraction, yeah. actually. You can get a card, uh-huh. and you could still rent movies. Yep. And you know what they one of the and uh, you know let me back up a little bit before the recession and before Netflix came by, Blockbuster had a really good idea, and they thought it would help them business wise. Mm-hmm. They decided to get rid of all their late fees. Okay. Now, they lost all their revenue. They lost 66% of their revenue. Because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's like, I'll just keep the movie. Right. And they did. Yeah. And in the movie documentary, of course, people are like, yeah, come and get it. I why couldn't it was- they just, why couldn't they just like go to the store and just drop it off? They couldn't. Why couldn't they just no. do that? Seth Meyers had a copy of Turner and Hooch from like 12 years ago and he was like I'm holding it up like to mock them when they canceled the Are face. you kidding me? I think, oh. I think that was right. So watch this documentary because it's fun. So after you watch this documentary, you're going to say, "Huh, this sounds familiar. Why am I why am I here on Blockbuster lately?" And then you flip around on your on your remote <laughs> and you go back to your homepage of Netflix and you will see that, "Oh my god, they made a TV series about the last Blockbuster." Oh, yeah. And that is not a documentary. That sounds good. But it's a direct tie-in because it's a humorous TV series about the last blockbuster. Because if you like The Good Place and if you like... Superstore. Superstore. Mm -hmm. This is Superstore divided by three. It's like a baby... Yeah, I think there are a couple of people from Superstore in it, right? Well, there's also... Well, it looks like the same set, but it's also got some... Oh, yeah. It does look like the same set, actually. You you love the gal from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Melissa... Mm. Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the love interest of Andy Samberg. Yes. She's the star mm-hmm. with Randall Park, who everyone loves from everything. Oh, Fresh I love off the him. Boat, yeah, Veep, yeah. He's a really great rapper, too. He's got like this really chill, um, very low-key rapping style, yes. which is really fun. He, he, yep. he uh, beatboxes in Veep, too. Oh, does he? I enjoy him. I, I think he's adorable. I recommend that's the a last good, That's a good idea for a, a fictional show, too. It is. Yeah, it's very good. quirky. It needs a second season. I hope they're doing it. Yeah. But the documentary made me feel good. It, it was filled with, remember when we'd go? Like, the yeah. good nostalgia. Yeah. You know, the good nostalgia. Yep. Nostalgia is like. awesome. This is the month for nostalgia. Yeah. So this is good. It and is. I'm glad you ended on a high note. Yeah, and it felt good. Yeah. Feel good stuff. It's Love good it. Stuff. Thank yeah. you so much. All right, guys. We will talk to you next time on Screens on Screens on Screens. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Screens on screens on screens.